0: Canaanites who dwelt in Gezer but the Canaanites dwell among the Ephraimites to this day and have become forced laborers maybe see Please keep your Bibles turned to Joshua 16. We will be reading more from that uh, chapter and also chapter 17 this evening. It is a true joy to be able to speak again to you. We have a precious commodity here at Seventy West. I'm talking about our children. Our children are blessings from God. I thank God for the children we have here at at Seventy West uh, because there is so much... We can learn from our children. Did you realize that? We certainly can learn so much from them. I'm going to give you four examples. Dandelions. I hate them. They're in my yard. I'm constantly trying to fight them. I'm trying to get rid of them. I'm putting out weed killer on them. I hate dandelions. Children look at dandelion and and say, that's a flower for mom. Hey, I I can blow on it and produce like a lot lot of fluff out there, and it's fun to do that. See, it's a different perspective. How about wind? What little hair I have left, wind just kind of blows it around. I don't like that, you know, and I'm trying to get to some place and it blows me back, and I don't like that. Well, how about our children? They stick out their their arms, they close their eyes, and now they're flying from cloud to cloud in that wind until finally the wind blows them down and they start laughing. Or how about mud puddles? Hey, I don't like mud puddles, especially after I have cleaned up my car because you know what's gonna happen? I'm gonna hit a mud puddle and once again, my car is dirty. But how about children? Hey, look at mud puddles as something. Hey, that's an adventure. You know, we can play in it and we can, we can uh, uh, stomp in it and we can just have a lot of good fun. Or how about prayer? Prayer, I want to get it right. You know, I want to make sure that I get all my I's dotted and all my T's crossed and I want to make sure that it's all formal and, and I got it right and I start it right and I end it right. Children, they just open up to God. Hey God, you want to talk? Hey, I got a new friend at school. Hey God, would you be my best friend? I'll be your best friend. You see, it's all about the attitude. I wonder if we're given kids to teach or perhaps we're given kids to learn from. No wonder Jesus himself loved the little children. I guess it goes back to why I love this time of the year. I love this time of the year because why? Well, we are, as I said this morning, we're more giving this time of the year. We're more kind. We're more compassionate. We're more loving. We're more, what? Christian-like. This time of the year, I wish we would be more Christian-like, not just for a couple weeks in December, but 52 weeks out of the year. How do we exchange an attitude of defeat to an attitude of victory? How do we get right with God? That's our question for this evening. Because you see, it's all in the attitude. You can can look at the challenges that we have ahead. And we have a lot of challenges uh, ahead in our world. You can look at the challenges ahead, and you can be discouraged. I mean, you can easily be discouraged. Or you can see them as opportunities for growth and for God to demonstrate His power through you. The question is, how do we do that? How do we exchange an attitude of defeat to an attitude of victory? How do we have the faith that God wants us to have? Joshua chapter 16, verse number 1. The lot fell to the children of Joseph. From the Jordan, by Jericho, to the waters of Jericho on the east, to the wilderness that goes up from Jericho through the mountains to Bethel. Verse 4. So the children of Joseph, that would be Manasseh, that would be Ephraim, they took their inheritance. They took their inheritance. They had been given some prime land. Joseph's descendants, Manasseh and Ephraim, if you look at the map, they get the best parts of the promised land. They get the central part. They get the part that's most beautiful and most fertile. So you you would think they'd be excited. You would think that they would be overjoyed. Hey, we got the best. Hey, we are so fortunate. We are blessed by God. Was that what happened? Well, you probably guessed it. No, that's not what happened. There's a problem. Verse number 10. And they did not drive out the Canaanites. Whoa, stop right There, They didn't drive out the evil. They allowed the evil to exist right in their camp, right around them. They had the opportunity, they had the ability, and God was with them. They could have done it. Because with God, well, they were an unstoppable force. But they didn't do that. They allowed the Canaanites to dwell in their midst. What happened? Well, why destroy them when they can be of use? We can make them forced labor. We can make them slaves. We can make them servants to our cause. Wrong. Because what had God told them? You drive them out. You don't allow them to be there. You know, as we say, you know, one bad apple spoils the whole bunch. Well, hey, they're bad apples. They're going to spoil it. They're going to make it bad for you. And that's exactly what happened. Ephraim chose tribute of service to them over triumph there's no way they could have lost. With God on their side, they were going to be victorious, but they had to try it. They had to do their part. And they did not do their part. They accepted an attitude of defeat. And their brothers, Manasseh, Well, Manasseh did the very same thing. Look at chapter 17, verse 12. Yet the children of Manasseh could not, could not drive out the inhabitants of those cities. Whoa, stop right there. They could not. With God on their side, they could not. Hey, they could if they only would have applied themselves they could not drive out the inhabitants of those cities, but the Canaanites were determined to dwell in that land. God had given them victories in the past when they had been obedient to his word. If they would just been obedient, they had a sure victory. But because they were not obedient, they allowed sin to crouch at their door, and it eventually came in. They chose just like their brothers Ephraim, they chose tribute of service over triumph, and it led to what their own slavery. Because in a few generations what's happening? The Canaanites are not serving them. They're serving the Canaanites. They chose a attitude of defeat. They thought they could compromise with the enemy. You know, it's not too bad. You know, we'll just let them live here. It won't hurt. They were very wrong. Are we any different today? Are are we any different today when we allow things into our home that we know God wouldn't be pleased with. We know Jesus, if He was sitting in that recliner next to us, He would not agree. And we allow it anyway. Are we any different today? Don't compromise with the enemy Lest you too end up in bondage. Don't compromise in your allegiance to the Lord. Instead, choose to follow the Lord fully. Emphasize that. Follow the Lord fully. Choose to obey God completely and overcome the enemy in your own life. Because, guess what, folks? The enemy is always there. It happened in 2007. A little 12-year-old girl was walking home, and she had popped into a local McDonald's and bought an order of chicken nuggets. And she was walking down the street eating her chicken nuggets. Suddenly, behind her came a voice from a, 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 a boy, a much older boy. He said, give me those nuggets. What did the girl do? She turned around and said, Hey, they're my nuggets. I'm hungry. Bye. And she turned back around and started walking away. That boy called out. He said, Hey, little girl, look at this. And he pulled back his jacket, revealing a gun right there. He said, Now what do you say? The little girl said, No, they're my nuggets. Bye. Now, let me say this. On the one hand, what that girl did was extremely stupid. I would never recommend anybody to do that, okay? You know, chicken nuggets are not worth getting shot. But on the other hand, you have to admire her courage. Her courage in refusing to give in to intimidation. Sure, it was just chicken nuggets, but that girl refused to let a force for evil bully her. Let's bring it on down to Christians. Can a follower of Christ do no less? Especially when we consider that the Lord is with us. You don't have to give in to the enemy of your soul. You don't have to compromise with evil in any way. So don't do it. Make a stand for God. 1 John 4, verse 4. You are of God, little children... And have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. He who is in you, the Lord, is greater than he, the devil, who is in the world. Do we believe that verse? Or is that verse just a bunch of words up on a screen? We exchange an attitude of defeat to an attitude of victory when we adopt that verse right there. Don't let your sin overcome you. Don't allow your sin to overcome you. You be persistent. If you want to exchange an attitude of defeat to an attitude of victory, then don't compromise in your allegiance to the Lord. Obey Him completely. But in order to do that, in order to obey Him completely, you must also fully appreciate all that God has given you. You know the song, Count Your Blessings? Do you ever do that? Do you ever realize how blessed you are, how fortunate you are, and how much God loves you? I think that's one little difference between little children and adults. Drew and Kate, I wasn't at your house this past weekend, but um, I'm going to make a prediction here. I will predict that your children enjoyed the paper and the boxes just as much as what was inside the boxes. Am I right? Okay. What do we do with the paper and boxes? We throw it out. But little children, they find joy in anything. In everything. That's a difference. It's an attitude difference. Be completely thankful for all of God's blessings in your life and don't complain about your allotment from the Lord. Do we ever complain? Guilty as charged, right here. What does God think when I complain? When He looks and sees how He has blessed me and how He's taken care of me, and, and then I turn around and complain. What does God think about me? You know, complaining, that's what Joseph's descendants did. They were given the best part of the land, but all they could do was complain. Verse 14, Then the children of Joseph spoke to Joshua saying, Why? Why have you given us only one lot? I can almost hear him saying it. You know, why have you given us only one lot and one share to inherit? Since we are a great people, inasmuch as the Lord has blessed us until now, we deserve more. We deserve more. Do we feel entitled? Do we feel like God owes us? That God is lucky to, be, to have me on his team? God, you're so lucky to have me on your team. What are they doing here? You didn't give us enough, they complained. Even though they had the best part of the land, and even though they had Shiloh, look at the map, they had Shiloh, The city where the tabernacle would remain for about 300 years. They were prime property. In real estate, that's location, location, location. God had chosen to display his presence right in their midst, and all they can do is complain. They had an attitude of defeat. Joshua 17, verse 15. And I wish, well, I'm going to read this in the way the Hebrew, the way it's written in Hebrew, okay? I'm going to read it with the emphasis that's there in the Hebrew. So Joshua answered them, If you are a great people, that's the attitude that's expressed in the Hebrew. If you are a great people, then go. Go to the forest country and clear a place for yourself. Hey, you've got forests. Just clean out the trees. You've got plenty of land right there. Plenty. They don't like that. They want the land to be easy. They don't want to have to work for it. They have the opposite attitude of Caleb. Verse 16. But the children of Joseph said, Well, the mountain country is not enough for us. And all the Canaanites, all the Canaanites who dwell in the land of the valley, have chariots of iron, both those who are at Bethshon and its towns, and those who are the valley of Jezreel. <coughs> now they're complaining that the enemy's too powerful. They've got the latest weapons of war and there's no way we can take them. Had they forgotten Jericho or any of the other battles that they had won? They had a very short memory, did they not? What is that? That's an attitude to defeat. What does Joshua say back to them? Verse 17... And Joshua spoke to the house of Joseph, to Ephraim and Manasseh, saying, You are a great people and have great power. You shall not have only one lot, but the mountain country shall be yours. Although it is wooded, you shall cut it down, and its its extent shall be yours. For you shall drive out the Canaanites, though they have iron chariots and are strong. What's Joshua saying? You've got what it takes already to take possession of the land. You've got what it takes. Just do it. It's just their attitude that keeps them from moving forward. How many times does that happen to me? How many times do I defeat myself even before I try? How many times do I look there at that pool of water saying, I, I, I should know how to swim, I, I know how to swim, but then I just back away and never try to swim. It's attitude. Remember the little train, the little engine that could? I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. I knew I could, I knew I could, I knew I could. Please don't have the same attitude that Ephraim and Manasseh had. Don't complain like them because that's only an attitude of defeat. And God is not happy or pleased with us. It's so easy to complain. What's the purpose of airplanes? The purpose of airplanes is to get you from point A to point B. And airlines... They do a good job of getting you from point A to point B. But then the airlines decided to give us those little packets of peanuts and that little cup of soda, you know, and then they decided to give us free Wi-Fi. What happens if we don't get our little packet of peanuts? What happens if we don't get our little cup of soda? Or what happens if the Wi-Fi is not working? Well, we just complain. That's the worst flight I've ever been on. I can't believe they call this an airline. How dare they take away my little cup of soda? Be thankful for what we do have. Be thankful that we landed safe. Be thankful that we landed on time that we can get to our meeting. Be thankful that everything went well. Except we didn't get our soda or maybe our peanuts. If you want to exchange an attitude of defeat for an attitude of victory, don't complain about your allotment from the Lord, especially as a believer in Jesus Christ. Because as a believer in Jesus Christ, we have everything, we are rich. It doesn't matter if you've got one dollar in the bank or if you've got a million dollars. If you are a Christian, you are rich. And what counts? And that is an eternal reward. Ephesians 1 verse 3. The next two verses I printed wrong, so I apologize. Actually, that's 1 John 1 4. Ephesians 1 verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with what? A few blessings? One or two blessings? No, Paul says with every spiritual blessing. Everything we need is from the Lord. Let's look now at 1 Peter. Once again, I've copied wrong. 2 Peter, excuse me, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. As His divine power has given us all things that pertain to life, not a few, not one or two, but all things. There is no reason, no excuse for failing. And there is no reason to complain. So quit it. Let me, let me propose something to you. Stop complaining and start thanking the Lord for His many blessings in your life. As that song says, count your many blessings. Be grateful for all that He has done for you. For gratitude is the attitude of victory. Gratitude is the attitude of victory. Here is my challenge to you. In 2022, adopt an attitude of gratitude and victory. Share a blessing per day. Share a blessing per day with people around you. Be a blessing to people around you. Recently, just A few years ago, Vanderbilt University did a study on gratitude. Here's what they found. 42% of the people that had an attitude of gratitude were more satisfied in their life. 35% of them were more productive in their work environment. And 38% of them were happier in life. Here is the kicker. The people that had the attitude of gratitude financially were at the bottom of the people that were studied. In other words, the people who had a lot, they were not people with an attitude of gratitude. If the people that sometimes struggled a little bit, the people that sometimes had difficulty making ends meet, the people that, that you know sometimes life was a little tough for them, they were the ones who had the attitude of gratitude. Isn't that interesting? I don't care what condition you're in. You can always find something for which to be grateful. Many times I've had the opportunity to visit families who had children at St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital in Memphis. I started this lesson talking about how blessed we are to have our children. I challenge you to ever go to St. Jude's and walk down those hallways and see those children, those bald-headed children who had been going through all those treatments and their hair had fallen out, I challenge you to go there and not come home and hug your children. It changes your perspective. An attitude of gratitude. Believers in Christ have every reason to be grateful, even when life deals you a bad hand. That's because, hey, we can't lose. God is ever-present in our trials, and when we die, we gain the victory. Amen. So as you approach the new year, do you need an attitude adjustment? Do you want to exchange an attitude of defeat for an attitude of victory in your life? Then number one, follow the Lord fully. Not half-heartedly. Not just on Sunday, but 24-7. Why? Because you've learned to fully appreciate all that He's given you. You look at your life and you say, God, you have blessed me. Once again, you know what that is. The easy plan. I call it the easy plan because it's easy. Believe, repent, confess, and be baptized. It's not complicated to become a Christian. As a Christian, we can come back and seek forgiveness. That's true. The church stands ready to pray with you and for you. Clayton has a song to encourage you. If you have a need to respond, please do so. As we stand and sing for your encouragement. Have you been to Jesus for the